0: Welcome to the Butts and Seats podcast, episode number twenty six. It's Woo. the April. That's yeah, four is yep. April, <laughs> April twelfth, nineteen ninety nine, Monday Nitro. I'm Nick, alongside Emily. How Hello. you doing today, Emily?
1: I, you know, I'm all right. I've had a couple of disappointing drinks today, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting off of that high right now, or low, I guess.
0: And now we're twenty six episodes in. physical a lot.
1: It does. This um, this episode can no longer use their parents' health insurance. Oh, that's sad. I know.
0: <laughs> so, before we get into the actual episode, I thought it would be interesting to note a couple things that are kind of going on in the world of wrestling at this point in 1999. Not the point oh, in okay. 2021 I thought you were like, are where we everyone's talk about... getting released.
1: It's like, are we going to talk about Bray Wyatt right now? Like, I wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't emotionally prepared for this.
0: Well, similarly, but a lot worse... <laughs> WCW fired Davy Boy Smith, aka the British Bulldog, while he was in the hospital recovering from like a, a spinal infection.
1: What the fuck? Yep,
0: they're like, oh, we weren't using him, so they just like FedExed him. Like you're fired. What the fuck?
1: Yep. <laughs> Poor Davy Boy.
0: Tank Abbott was recently signed, which means nothing to you right now. Nope. But it will. A young v- Vince Russo takes note. A few weeks ago, when we were doing the Toronto episode. Apparently, Trish Stratus was backstage trying to get a job, and they didn't hire her.
1: Are you serious? <laughs> oh my god.
0: And Eric Bischoff is super excited about the new Nitro set, and he's ready to put put on a show that's going to get a 7.0 rating. Uh,
1: does he ever get that? Um, I think the answer's no. I
0: don't think so. So I don't think anyone's done like above the, the low sevens, and this show is actually up from the previous weeks and does a 4.4. Which, yeah, it's the best in a couple of weeks, and it is a pretty good episode of Nitro. We it were is. talking about this a little bit off the podcast, but I thought this was a fantastic episode. You weren't as sold.
1: I was I was a B to me. We also, this is another one that we watched separately, so we didn't feed off of each other's energy. So yeah. sometimes I do feel like that does feed into it, of like, you're really into the episode, so I'm like, okay, so it's good. I mean, I'll, I'll get hype. But I watched it on my own, and I was like, meh.
0: Well, I'll tell you who was really into the episode was the fucking crowd in Yakima, Washington. I know. Like, where was this crowd the night before at Spring Stampede? That crowd sucked. This yeah, one, really, Someone This though. one was going nuts for everything. We kind of start in Yakima. I don't really know where it... This might have been filmed last night, for all I know, because we just start with Randy Savage yelling with, like, first second of the episode. We're backstage with DDP, and it's just, Congratulations! <laughs>
1: Yeah, just right off the bat, just a lot of yelling, and then it turns into a big brawl really quickly, and it's just, you can't really wrap your head around what you're watching.
0: Yeah, Randy Savage tells DDP that he owes him one, gorgeous George adds, and don't you forget it.
1: You tell him, George.
0: And then we get, like, a jump scare Scott Steiner chair shot.
1: Yeah, where the fuck does Scott Steiner come from?
0: Um, So he tries to beat DDP down, but he can't grab anything he's trying to grab. I like, think he's trying to, like, peel apart, like, the table... DDP kind of goes through, and it just comes off like early off in B-Town. But yeah, in the first, like... Keep in mind, we're like 20 seconds into the episode, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, this is very And it's just quick. like, what the fuck? So apparently they have a match later. Um, remember that, because people seem to pretend that, that isn't happening sometimes, and then...
1: Yeah, I pe- didn't know when the best time to bring this whole confusion up was.
0: Uh, we'll We'll address it as it happens. Okay. But that match is booked. They announce... The main event tonight is DDP versus Scott Steiner,
1: And they make a note of that on commentary when they pull out of that.
0: Yeah. It's for the world title. Yes. From there, we get the Nitro opening. I still don't like the music. I don't think I ever will. I
1: don't like the music, but I do like the graphics. I like the aesthetic of it. I just, the music's bad. And the logo's also bad.
0: We get Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan on commentary with an unopened bottle of Surge.
1: There's a lot of surge in this episode. You don't
0: know what surge is. It seems to be a soda of some sort. I'm you guessing. You never like, had surge. No, I'm guessing it's like Mountain Dew.
1: Yeah, they brought it back in like 2015, 2016 for like a nostalgia run. And was um, the there guy, a small surge in sales? There, there was a very small surge in sales. sales. God, I can't talk. And snails. <laughs> the guy that I was seeing at the time, his roommate got a case of surge, and it just sat in the refrigerator for like months because no one was drinking it. But it's kind of a cross between. Mountain Dew and 7 Up. Not yeah, Sprite, I but could have 7 Up. For that. It's really carbonated.
0: So, as mentioned, later tonight, it'll be DDP and Steiner for the title. And Bobby predicts that it'll be the shortest reign in WCW history for DDP. I looked this up. There will be shorter going forward. <laughs> but at this point, the shortest reign was Randy Savage for one day. And he won it at Spring Stampede 1998 and oh. lost it the next night. Damn. Damn. There, w- there will be a couple shorter raids upcoming. I had to filter through a little bit.
1: Oh, so you uh, you cheated, is what you're saying.
0: Eh. Eh. Commentary throws to a clip of Kimberly being thrown from the car a few weeks or months back, however long ago that was.
1: As much as I appreciate them recapping that whole thing, because it has been a freaking minute since we saw this, how did you feel about seeing the car throw again?
0: It's, I mean, it looks like she jumps. It which, looks I, which, a I, lot. which I said at the time. I
1: don't remember you saying that it looks like she jumps, but it definitely looks like a lot lighter of a fall. It doesn't look as hard. I remember it being like, whoa, she really got thrown out of the car. Or at least hit the ground hard. It just She didn't land hard. It was mm. a pretty soft fall, I thought. Well, to be
0: fair, the character of Kimberly got knocked out, you know, by like tripping. Well, and it's she like...
1: is a fragile flower. Yeah.
0: So as they're talking, they're like horrific memories as the Nitro opening pyro is going off. (laughs) And it was just a weird juxtaposition there. So we don't start with a match. We instead get Sting coming out. We also continue the trend of wrestlers having to walk around the start of the ramp because the logo is weird.
1: I still, I didn't even notice it this time.
0: I think they did a better job of like cutting to the crowd when they were there, but... I think it's Goldberg later, does slip a little bit. Yeah. Nobody like eats shit, but people are still having to walk around it. So Sting says it's good to be back and it's good to be back in black and referring back to in his back. face paint. And he's here to stay.
1: Okay, so it was referring to his face paint, because I couldn't tell if it was referring to like his old music or something or no. something that got changed on the network. Okay.
0: Sting says he's the only one who's been here through thick and thin, which that's a yeah, you can pretty much make that case, I'd say. Because he's the only one who never really jump ship to wwf at this point ddp had him but ddp was also signed much later than sting Mm. sting's been around for a while we watched a clip from 1994 and there was like surfer sting and i'm like that's sting and you're like what
1: yeah it's a very different looking person blonde colorful face paint it's weird almost looking like the um the warrior
0: funny you say that they used to be tag team partners when they were coming up
1: really yeah the, the face paint coloring reminded me of, like, the Warriors tassels on his, like, on his shoes.
0: Also the Warriors face paint. That too. So Sting says that he built this house and says it definitely wasn't built by DDP.
1: But did he build this city?
0: He built it with rock and roll. <laughs> he calls DDP out in a very, like, vague sense. It's like, I'm going to call you out tonight. And it's like, is that not what you're currently doing? Yeah, because then he just leaves. It's not like it's like if you call somebody out, you want them out now. It it, it was strange that he just left after that.
1: I took that as him asking for a match tonight.
0: Yeah, well, that's what he he was trying to
1: do. It just wasn't specific. But that got me confused because I was like, well, isn't DDP already in a match? Like, that's a little that's kind of a busy night for DDP.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll tackle this more a little bit later in the show because we did have a lot of questions and they do get confusing answers later, but they do get answers. We then get some Nitro stills for Rey Mysterio and Kidman from the pay-per-view. And our opening match is going to be Rey Mysterio Jr. versus AEW star Juventud Guerrera. Yeah,
1: what the fuck?
0: (laughs) We're recording this right before his match on Dynamite. So, we'll we'll see how he does.
1: So, last night Nick was telling me about this match coming up. And he was like, Chris Jericho's going to fight somebody on AEW that you know, like... And you'll never guess who it is. I'm like, oh, is it somebody like who we talk about on WCW? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. It, I had like racked my brain. I was like, there's no way that it's Ray. It'd be weird if it was like Kevin Nash or something. I was like trying to go through the whole roster. And he was like, it's Hooventude. I'm like, pardon? Excuse me? I didn't even know he was like, honestly, I didn't know he was still alive. But
0: Hooby's only 46 now, by the that way. That
1: doesn't mean anything in the world of wrestling. The fact that he's still alive.
0: No, no, no. I'm saying in terms of like. Being able to like wrestle because John wow. Cena's forty four.
1: True, he's not that old. Yeah. I'll be dead. I'm excited to see the match. I yeah, want to watch he's,
0: it. He's he's twenty four years old where we're currently watching.
1: That's wild.
0: Did you notice what Ray had written on his clothes? No. Pure Playas. Playas spelt P L A Y A Z.
1: I nope did not notice that.
0: <laughs> I did note that the tag title belt looks massive on Ray's arm. It
1: really does. It doesn't really fit on his shoulder.
0: Match starts, we get an early spine buster from Hoovy into a, like, weird missionary leg submission, which leads to both of them kind of doing the, like, locust stand, and then, like, slapping each other while they're both upside down. I called
1: this the upside down um, crab slap.
0: (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) (laughs) We get the upside down crab slap. (laughs) The the crab slap just seems similar to a rock lobster. (laughs)
1: It's like a sad version of a rock lobster.
0: Ray goes for an accordion type maneuver, kinda of like a torture rack position, but Hoovy counters it into a DDT. A nice little spot. Ray ducks a Hoovy dive to the outside, so Hoovy just stops and then vaults onto him instead. He's like, oh, clever move there by Hoovy.
1: Yeah, I really didn't have a ton to say about this match. Like I liked this match. It just it seemed kinda of standard after the crab slaps. I'm sorry, I really like the crab slaps.
0: <laughs> Hoovy tries to turn a ten punch spot by Ray into a power bomb, but Ray counters that into a head scissors. Ray goes for a moonsault press, but Hoovy catches him, and after a few back-and-forth counters, hits a powerbomb. Hoovy goes up top for the 450, but Ray crotches him and hits a top-rope Frankensteiner. While they're down, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko come in and attack Ray, and the ref calls for a DQ. They set up Ray for an interesting spot where they, like, put Ray's head on the bottom turnbuckle and then, like, stomp him. Yeah, I thought they were going to do something more unique-
1: it was also just strange, because, like, my first thought was, where the hell is Billy Kidman? Yes. Like, he got attacked out of nowhere, and it's like, your team partner should be I like, noted that where too. is he?
0: But that will come up later, it so does. it's not like, oh, just fuck him. Instead of Kidman, Raven and Perry Saturn come down to make the yeah, save. Yeah, why? Well, because they've been feuding with Malenko and I Benoit. know,
1: but still, like, eh, meh. Also, I, it was just also, also, their faces, you know. Which is still hard for me to put, wrap my head around.
0: Yeah, listen, I, I'm in favor. I'm, I get annoyed watching faces just get murdered and no one comes out to help them. It's like faces should be good guys. They should have friends.
1: Oh yeah, I just, I don't, I can't think of scary Saturn as a face. I have a hard time with that.
0: So Saturn helps Ray up, but Ray pushes him, and Ray starts to brawl with Saturn and Raven, and they're like, "Oh, we're out of time. We have to go to commercial."
1: And then they just cut back. And then
0: we get no, we get no resolution. No, for that. we just
1: leave them in the ring.
0: So there were some weird edits with this on Peacock. I am guessing they went to commercial after that, and then when we came back. It was this because we do later have a moment where someone's entrance is just entirely cut, yes, with no explanation, yes. But that was purely a uh, Peacock thing. I don't know what happened. Yeah. That said, I agree with you with the match. Like it was fine. I mean, like it it wasn't bad viewing, but it existed for the. Post-match exactly. That said, I predicted that Hoobie was going to win the title here beforehand, so... True. I was wrong. You
1: were wrong.
0: Backstage, Jimmy Hart and Hugh Morris talk about Bam Bam Bigelow being the new king of hardcore. Hack then walks up and takes offense to that and says he'll show Morris how to beat Bam Bam, and then hits Morris over the head with a kendo stick, who just kind of nose-sells it, takes the stick, and then beats up a random guy, and he's like, like this? Yeah,
1: just a random guy. (laughs)
0: And hack with one of the best line deliveries i think i've heard in wrestling just yeah yep
1: you are a fast learner
0: (laughs) it was the most like earnest like oh yeah that was actually exactly what i meant so yes good on you
1: yes correct that
0: (laughs) so we'll get that match later which i was dreading when they said that i'm like oh fuck we got a Scott Steiner hype package. I think we may or may not have seen this one before. They're pretty similar. They're
1: also similar. Big Papa Pump.
0: On commentary, Tony and Bobby talk about Bret Hart. Uh, apparently, Bret Hart retired off camera.
1: Yeah, I guess he he didn't quit. He retired.
0: Well, he quit. And then while he quit, he, he, I, think also he retired? I think he went on some sort of show and said that he retired.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't totally following that one either.
0: I, di- I did know at the start of this conversation that Surge was still unopened. And then Tony opens it, goes to drink it once, doesn't, and then kind of goes to drink it again and they cut away. And I'm like, he does not want to drink he this also, fucking Surge. He made
1: a comment. I don't know when in the show, but he was like, I'm going to take a sip of my Surge light here. I'm like, what is Surge light? Is that just like water? Are you-
0: <laughs> However, this conversation ends with them throwing to a like Bret Hart package, like recapping what's up with him. And I'm like, yeah, you're really putting over that this guy quit by giving him free airtime?
1: Yeah, it was really confusing. Like, if he quit or retired or whatever, why is he getting a video package?
0: Well, if you retired, that's one thing. And it's like, you know, like, oh, tradition. But, like, this guy just quit and, like, broke his contract in kayfabe. Yeah. You should not be giving him publicity.
1: I can't explain it.
0: After that, we get some nitro stills of Hack and Bam Bam Bigelow from the pay-per-view. And our second match tonight is Hugh Morris with Jimmy Hart versus Bam Bam Bigelow in a kendo stick match
1: yeah a kendo stick match remember do you, that
0: do you want to talk about your anger now or at the end
1: well well'll just I'll pepper it in as we chat
0: I think this is where I actually noticed that people are still walking around the bottom of the logo but before Big Low gets in the ring he grabs two tables and tosses them in the ring
1: and that's my annoyance with this match if it is Specifically, a kendo stick match, you should not be using tables or at least not revert. Like you should not go for tables right off the bat. You got to start with the fucking kendo sticks. Those should be the main weapons of this match. And I don't think they were. Like they were used, but they weren't the main weapon.
0: Once they're in the ring, both men hit each other over the head simultaneously and both dropped their sticks. So pick them up. Bam Bam goes for a Bam Bam salt slash Twisted Bliss, because that is actually the same move when you look at it. Oh, is it? Yeah. Twisted Bliss is a little bit more like a cartwheel looking thing, but it's effectively the same move of, I'm not doing a real moonsault. I'm doing a moonsault at a 45 degree angle versus Hmm. the full, you know, upright kind of 90. Her angles are weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're not good at math here.
0: Bam Bam misses that. And following that, Hugh Morris goes for a moonsault, and he misses as well. Morris grabs one of the kendo sticks, and Jimmy Hart grabs the other, but Bam Bam manages to counter Morris and sets up a table in the corner. On commentary, they start teasing the idea of a hardcore title.
1: I noticed that they were talking about that on commentary. I didn't think that they were gonna do a... I didn't think that was even something that they were gonna think about.
0: Yeah, I mean, they do do it eventually. I don't know when it gets implemented, so I'm... Curious if it's very soon, or do they just abandon this for a while?
1: Something tells me they abandon it.
0: I think, I think the show kind of makes you think that. Well, You say yeah. something, I think. Um...
1: I think the track record of the show makes me think that.
0: So Morris tosses Batman Bigelow through the table, then misses a follow-up shoulder block through the remains of the table.
1: But again, where are the fucking kendo sticks? It's a kendo stick match.
0: Bigelow gets tripped up by Jimmy Hart, and Morris works him over with a kendo stick. Thank you. He then goes for a move I don't think I've seen with the kendo stick, where he goes to the second rope, and is like, "I'm gonna fucking stab him with the kendo <laughs> stick." From I'm gonna do a diving stab,
1: dive stab.
0: But Bigelow moves, Bam Bam hits a drop kick and goes for the stick, but Morris clotheslines him before he can use it. Morris sets up a table and kind of like bends Bam Bam over it, as opposed to laying him across. And then goes up top for a moonsault. I'm like, well, clearly he's going to miss. I don't know yeah. how the fuck you think this is going to work. I honestly wonder if it was just like a bam, bam. It was like, I don't think I can get out of the way in time.
1: Maybe it was just, you, why would you go for the moonsault? Why would you go up to the rope when he's so obviously not securely fastened on that table?
0: Well, no one gets fastened to the table. I mean, what
1: I mean is like not on his feet, you know, like not on the table.
0: Actually, it's a lie. I think um, Matt Hardy was once fastened to a table. That sounds right. Before he does the dive, though, he hits him a few more times with the stick, which I'm like, okay, fair strategy. It's like, all right, fucking stay down. Oh, yeah. Doesn't work, and he moves. He's on his feet, like. <laughs> on commentary, we Bobby says, this is wonderful. I love it. <laughs> so Morris is kind of laying in the remains of the table. Bam Bam goes up top. It's a diving headbutt and gets the win. Jimmy Hart comes in, attacks Bam Bam Bigelow with a kendo stick, but Bam Bam no-sells it, takes the stick, and chases Jimmy Hart to the back. I really enjoyed this match. I, I enjoyed I was, it a lot more than I really would have thought of. I know
1: before. I was shitting on it while we were talking about it being like a kendo stick match. I really liked this match, too. This I was that, a really good match. I
0: thought that this was better than the match of pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, probably. This was just fun. It was a more interesting watch, too.
0: This is probably the best Bam Bam match we've seen on the podcast.
1: Probably. And
0: you know what part of it was? They sold. Yeah. It, does, it makes a difference. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, I did a move, now, now you're up. It's like, no, they actually took time to sell, like... I don't think I've ever seen a fucking Bill DeMott slash Hugh Morris match that I actually enjoyed. I enjoyed this one. Yeah. The streak is broken.
1: Oh, no. You did it! I just wish there was more focus on kendo sticks in a kendo stick match. It's like the Nigerian drum match. It's not. It's close. It's
0: not. It's similar. Especially when we're talking about it. They do use the sticks. It's just, they just use other things other than the sticks. But
1: it's a kendo stick match. You usually use a kendo stick
0: Okay, if, they, if there's a ladder match and they use a chair, you, like, fucking throw it out.
1: But you can't win a ladder match without using a ladder. People have tried. Well, did they succeed? No. People, but, bam. Actually,
0: actually, they really did succeed because it resulted in Chris Jericho chipping his tooth on a table. Oh. Landing just, like, mouth, mouth first <laughs> into a table. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, they, they, they tried the, I'm gonna stand on your shoulders. Oh,
1: yes, you know, that don't work, no. Well, it was
0: the big show, and he's so big.
1: He is so big. He's won every Royal Rumble.
0: <laughs> He's won every ladder match just by reaching up.
1: <laughs> After this match, they throw it to like a Wendy's commercial. Did you like m- take note of the burger in that commercial? I don't looked- think
0: I saw the commercial. No,
1: it was on Peacock. It, w- it looked nasty.
0: Oh, I, I don't think I really, I, I, I kind of zone out for the ads.
1: I, I kind of like take note because it's the 90s and I want to see what they're pushing. Like they're, they're being sponsored by Surge. Like I want to see what else is up, you know? And they, it was just like the, it was, I think it was fake. It had to have been fake. It was just like the the square Wendy's patties, just like four of them on top of each other in this burger. I'm like, who is eating that?
0: Oh, wait, actually, I think I remember this.
1: Who is eating that much meat on a burger? Like.
0: I mean, I, I think a Baconator's three.
1: But it's split up. It's got stuff in between it. This is just meat, 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 meat.
0: Just big boys slapping meat. <laughs> we go backstage after the Wendy's commercial, apparently. <laughs> and Ray Mysterio sees Billy Kidman and is kind of like dude what the fuck where were you
1: but he says it in like the most kind of wholesome way towards the end he like he was just very much like where were you i need my partner i need to rely on you like where were you and kidman was just like look man i was tied up i'm sorry i was late i had an, i had a uh, showing i was like i'm sorry and he's like are a sh- you okay a i don't know
0: uh, a appearance 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 yeah yeah basically kidman <laughs> Got booked by WCW to go do other shit,
1: and it was just like he was just not so, his fault. He was so earnest. He's like, "Man, I'm so sorry. Are you okay?" And at the end of it, Ray was like, "Yeah, I'm okay. I'm a little banged up, but I'm okay." I'm like, "These are just wholesome buds." <laughs> it was really sweet.
0: You recently saw the video of Kevin Owens talking about live tweeting NXT, and Billy Kidman did it, and he's like, "I oh. would never try to powerbomb this man."
1: <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Billy Kidman still looks great. Is he still a hunk? He's still a hunk. He's like dad-hunk. Not not daddy, but like father-hunk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is he, work at a church? There's
1: a, there's a difference. Hunk not, be with you. He's not... <laughs> and with your spirit.
0: And with your abs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: We, we go from that... Oh, yeah. They, so they seem fine for now. It wasn't like they're about to split up.
1: Exactly. I think
0: they're fine. We get some nitro stills from the main event of Spring Stampede. And after this is where... We just suddenly cut to in the ring, and DDP and Mean Gene are there, and clearly they cut the entrance out of Peacock. I'm I'm not too stressed about it. But no, it was, it was just strange. It was strange. It was jarring. I'm like, oh, what the fuck. So, Gene asks DDP about Hogan, and DDP gives like a casual like, oh, you know, sorry about your knee there. And Gene takes exception to it, which is the start of everyone being like. You went too far with that move. You tried to like. You tried to murder Hulk Hogan. Oh my god! Apparently, Hogan actually did have knee surgery. I think like this week or the week after. Like he did actually need to take some time off. Well, yeah, because he's an old man. I mean, it's not Uh. common, but I feel like Bret. Bret Hart did that move multiple times in matches, and it wasn't seen as this whole. Oh my god! You went too far, kind of move.
1: No, it's not. It wasn't.
0: Yeah. So. They're doing a weird thing where they are kind of treating DDP like a heel. And when he came back, they did the thing where he was a heel in, in Toronto, and then he was a face the next week. And so, you give me
1: shit for not understanding the heel versus face dynamics. Well,
0: sometimes How when the it's... How am
1: I supposed to figure this out? Okay, well,
0: one thing, one guy being confusing is not an excuse No, for, it's the
1: whole company being confusing.
0: Oh, yeah, this 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 show has a lot of back and forth with yeah. that. But yeah, so it it definitely seems like... He's a heel, and I think maybe tonight's his last hurrah as a face. I think they gave him the Steiner match just to close that story. It's like, okay, we we need to wrap. We need to basically put a pin in this because it'd be weird to do heel DDP versus heel Steiner.
1: Fair, but DDP's is about to announce the Steiner match.
0: Yes. Even though it's been announced already.
1: There's some kind of disconnect. I'm confused. Well,
0: this happens a couple times where they announce matches that have already happened. This is common. Because Gene asks DDP about Sting. And is like, I see a lot of myself in Sting. And it's like, you deserve a title shot, but I can't give it to you because I'm wrestling Steiner tonight. Seems reasonable. Like, that'd be granted. Speaking of he- faces doing heel shit, John Cena's done that. Mm. Rey Mysterio won the title, and he's like, cool, I want my rematch later tonight.
1: Oh, true, yeah. Yeah,
0: even though I didn't wrestle a match earlier, and you did. Right. So he's not giving Sting the match tonight. He's got other things on his mind, and tonight he wants Steiner.
1: So this is the announcement that he wants to fight Steiner, even though it's already been announced.
0: Yes. However, Sting's thing later would make a bit of sense if the Steiner match wasn't already booked.
1: What do you
0: mean? Later, Sting says that DDP is ducking him. If DDP decides this, that makes sense. But the match was already booked. Oh, true. So it doesn't. The match was booked before Sting said, I want a title shot.
1: True. Yeah, it, it's just bad book. It's bad writing. There's nobody, like...
0: There's no continuity. There's
1: no continuity. There is no script supervisor on these shows.
0: So he says he's going to show Steiner that size doesn't matter, and he knows Steiner has heard that before. Which I thought, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm like, wait... You're kind of implying that you, you have a small dick.
1: He's implying that Steiner's heard that before. Well, I think he's so impl- Steiner has a small dick.
0: Well, I think he's implying that both of them have small dicks. Listen. so I'm going think... to show you that that size doesn't matter. Well,
1: because he's a small person. I know. No, he's <laughs> also, implying that he is not a big muscle man and that Stegart Steiner has a small dick.
0: I know. I also laugh at the idea of DDP being a small person. I,
1: well, comparatively. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know, comparatively, but just in general. I'd like, I'm pretty sure DDP is fairly tall. From there, we go to the Nitro Girls, which seems to take a while to get started.
1: Oh my god, they dance so confusedly. Yeah. They have no idea what's going on. None of these girls have ever been here before. Who? What's happening?
0: We then go back to Tony and Bobby at the commentary desk, and that surge is like barely lower. Like I, There might oh, have been no. a sip missing, but there was not more than a sip.
1: Well, here's the fun thing. Remember I said the guy I was seeing had a case of it in his fridge? That case stayed in the fridge for like a year. No one drank it. It's not good.
0: So Tony runs through everyone who's here tonight. Commentary bickers as we throw to Mean Gene. Gene brings out WCW president, Ric Flair. Woo. So Rick Arn Anderson, and Charles Robinson come out, and all of them have to avoid that little bit of the logo.
1: Again, I did not notice it at all.
0: And I think this is where I noted that the stage moves. Below the logo, there's the video screens, and it slides to like let people enter. Because oh. I saw it sliding closed, and I noticed like later oh. it slid open, and I'm like... That's, That's pretty slick. It just feels unnecessary. That's cool, though.
1: It's showy. Why? <laughs> it's 1999. You got a showboat.
0: <laughs> On commentary, Tony notes that Roddy Piper has just arrived, and he is still the commissioner, so...
1: I forgot that Roddy Piper was a commissioner.
0: I think last we saw him, he got beat down by the NWO.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: So Ric Flair is annoyed at Sting not consulting him... And with DDP saying that he's the champion. Rick says that because of the screwiness in the main event last night, he's going to be holding the title up.
1: Yeah, so he's trying to strip DDP of this? Yeah,
0: he's, he's trying to vacate the title. Why? Because Just, it wasn't a clean...
1: Because fuck you, that's why?
0: There's some precedence with that. When there's some screwiness, it's like, okay, no, I'm taking the title away from you. You should not be the champion.
1: Yeah.
0: There's some precedence. It doesn't happen a ton, but it does happen. This prompts Macho Man Randy Savage to come out with Gorgeous George. Savage says he's going to lay the smack down for him right now. I took now.
1: a note on that. Lay the smacketh down.
0: Savage says that not only is he the universal heartthrob, the big showstopper, and the cock of the walk.
1: The cock of the walk.
0: But what he said last night is final, so DDP is the champion. Yes. He has like a little like contract being like, nope, th- this fucking counted. Savage says that the world is crumbling down around Flair, so in response, Flair says that Savage will never wrestle here again. And
1: the way he says it is so dramatic: "You will never wrestle in this ring ever again."
0: I also like how he treats. You're just gonna go home, do nothing, and get paid. And it's like, oh, that's what a that's damn terrible, shame.
1: <laughs> but he also he like um he doubles down. He's like, you're not refing. You're not reinstated. You're not even cleaning the bathrooms.
0: See, if you wanted to punish him, fire his fucking brother. I'm pretty sure his brother is still employed and does not appear on television. I don't know how long he's employed for.
1: Randy Savage has a brother.
0: Yes, the character, the genius. Nope. Yeah, I don't think you've seen him, but he is currently employed by WCW and just not being used at all.
1: Well, is he in the NWO? Nope. There you go.
0: Or At least I think he's still employed. He definitely got hired when Savage came in '94. So I don't know if he's still around or not.
1: I'll have to look into that. I've never even heard of this person.
0: He's a, he's a good promo. Um, does a does a mean cartwheel in the ring too?
1: Oh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> that's fun.
0: But yeah, the fact that you haven't heard of him is probably because he basically didn't do anything for about five years.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: But Flair says that after night, Savage won't be in the picture at all. And then Charles Robinson decides to taunt Savage and is like, you're no referee. He then calls gorgeous George a bimbo. So she slaps him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was kind of surprised. Charles Robinson, like, he's a good talker. Yeah, he's not bad. He's, he was pretty good. He was very confident. <laughs> and this bimbo. Like, yeah, so, so he gets slap slapped and
0: Jean's like, well, what did you expect? <laughs> Savage... Then says, or like, look, I respect your position as president, so I'm going to pitch my girl versus your girl, yeah, Flair's girl what? being Charles Robinson, at the pay-per-view. I forget if he actually says it, but it's basically implied that if Gorgeous George wins, then Savage is reinstated and we'll wrestle.
1: Yeah, no, he did say that. He did Okay.
0: That. So for some reason, this challenge prompts Sting to come out. Don't know why. <laughs> he steals Scott Steiner's term and calls DDP Diamond Dallas Trash.
1: Diamond Dallas trash
0: For ducking him And I'm like He had a match
1: Duck you Get your story straight
0: So he then challenges Flair for tonight Art Anderson grabs the mic And calls Sting Alright scary man <laughs> <laughs> He accepts the match And says I'll be in Flair's corner And you know what that means Basically I'm gonna interfere a bunch and, and, I'm gonna you know, fuck you up Yeah and I think Arn accepts the match on behalf of that, too, because that match does get accepted. The one for the pay-per-view.
1: Oh, the, the girl versus girl? Yeah. <laughs> My girl versus your girl. I love that. Sting
0: and Flair then get in each other's face. And Sting gets really aggressive to the point of comedy where he's like, yeah, nature boy! Woo! I'm like, okay, dude. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> okay. chill the fuck Gondis. down.
1: I did notice. Did you notice that like all of uh, Rick Flair's woos seemed to be mic'd? But whenever Sting was doing a woo, it was silent? No. I, it was weird. Like every like even later on in the match, like you could see Sting doing a woo to be like a fuckhead.
0: Well, he does a different kind of thing. His is like the more like the
1: ow. No, no, he was he was doing a woo. Oh. I could see it, but I couldn't hear it. But anytime Rick does it, you hear it. Yeah. It was
0: weird. This was overall a strange segment. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, like it like everyone here is is a good promo, so it's not like or Sting's a decent promo but
1: fine.
0: yeah and and we have a classic match set up for later so i'm not mad about the results of everything but it did continue that weird is he a face is he a heel for DDP.
1: i was really hoping for uh, some tire r in action
0: yeah alas mm. so our third match the night is the team of la Parca and el dandy versus the master blasters with yeah. jimmy hart <laughs> Um, so you said
1: you were going to tell me about the Master Blasters.
0: Yeah. Well, Laparca first off comes out with like a plastic school chair for some reason.
1: Oh, I didn't notice. That.
0: Wait, what? He just comes out with like a, you know like a non folding plastic chair. It doesn't play into anything. I Maybe don't that's know why I
1: didn't take note of it because I didn't even notice it.
0: Then the Master Blasters come out and I just wrote, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so they come out with pantyhose over their head.
1: Yeah, those are some masks.
0: So Tony doesn't know who they are until I'm guessing somebody tells him in his, in his ear. Maybe. Because the Master Blasters were a team from 1990. I think they only wrestled a small handful of times. One of the guys is actually the same guy from 1990. Oh, okay. However, the other person has been changed. Because the other member of the original team went on to become a much bigger star. Would you care to guess who the bigger star is? Who would randomly have the power to decide, wouldn't it be funny if my old gimmick was on TV? And wouldn't it be funny if I came out 90 seconds into their match to beat them up?
1: Really? Kevin Nash was a master blaster?
0: Yes. Kevin Nash had a litany of shit gimmicks before being Diesel.
1: That's fucking wild. <laughs>
0: including Oz, which I remember I showed you once. Yes,
1: you did show me Oz. It's just, That's just weird.
0: So yeah, this is basically just one big joke from Kevin Nash that uh. I don't know who the fuck is supposed to get. Especially, Very especially in 99.
1: I think that was only for Kevin Nash.
0: So they basically don't do anything until Kevin Nash just comes out drinking a <laughs> bottle of Surge.
1: See, I wrote about this match at first. I was like, I can't imagine we'll talk about this match. So I didn't really write much. And I think I even like paused it and texted you. And I was like, do I have to watch this match? And you're like, yeah, you do. And I was like, mm, why? And, you know, figured it out.
0: So Nash has a mic and he's like, "Hey, I, I know I'm not scheduled tonight, but you guys need to go to the back because I want to talk." Like, all right, dickhead, asshole. Like you know, guys who don't one one team that doesn't get much TV time, other team basically making their fucking debut or re-debut for the first time in nine years, and Screw it's just guys. like, get out yeah, of here. you can you can fuck off.
1: Ugh, I hate Kevin Nash so much.
0: So one like. Literally like, mildly charges Kevin Nash, and Nash just big boots him. Like, he takes like two steps, it's like boop, boot, followed by a lazy sidewalk slam where it feels like they're gonna fucking collapse like a Jenga tower. On the other Master Blaster, El Dandy and Parka and Master Blaster one all eat big <laughs> boots and jackknife power bombs. Master Blaster two gets off easy and it's just clothesline to the floor. I'm wondering if that was his old tag team partner. And it's like you don't have to get, you don't have to get power bombed.
1: Maybe that's possible.
0: I don't even know where the fuck Jimmy Hart went. I missed him during all this. Yeah, I have no idea. So Nash says that he's been in the back and wants to show something on the screen. There's a clip from last week of him talking to Ric Flair and then talking to Hogan. And it was like, oh yeah, I just had some business to attend to. So I'm like, okay. I wasn't really following what either of these I don't know why he felt the need to show the clip. He could have just kind of mentioned it. So apparently the business at hand with Flair was that if Flair won... And he doesn't really say this, but if Flair won last week, not at the pay-per-view, then Nash will be the number one contender. Okay. And because Flair retained last Nitro, Nash is now the number one contender. What? Which apparently is the real reason why he broke up the pin at the end of that match.
1: Oh, that's some revisionist-ass history.
0: So Nash warns DDP and says what he did to Hogan was wrong, and he's going to pay the price Wolfpack style.
1: Oh, uh, which what the I'm fuck like, does that mean?
0: So wait, you're trying to what? avenge your injured friend? Are you now a face?
1: Nothing makes sense. This whole segment, I was just confused and lost.
0: So apparently Nash has the next title shot at the pay per view. Fuck Sting, I guess.
1: Yeah, who who gives a shit about Sting?
0: And that's the promo. Uh,
1: fucking what? <laughs> yeah. I hate Kevin Nash.
0: Did you know that? I did. But do you hate Billy Kidman?
1: Absolutely not. And
0: he's in our next match. It's Billy Kidman versus Psychosis, except no entrance for Psychosis.
1: Yeah,
0: no. Uh, Crowd is super hot for the start of this. Kidman hits a pop-up Hurricane Rana and follows up with a 10-punch spot, which gets countered, but Kidman counters that into a sunset flip. We get a front-falling suplex from Psychosis, and shortly thereafter, he drapes Kidman across the top rope and then drop kicks him off to the floor.
1: Psychosis was really bouncy and flaily during this match. I liked it. Yeah,
0: I like him in one-on-one matches. It's just the... Yeah. He, the, the he
1: keeps getting put in tag matches, and yeah. he doesn't really get to shine. And like this match kind of showed that, like, no, Psychosis can hold his own.
0: Yeah, it, it really speaks to how bad the general idea of the Mexicals in WWE was.
1: Because,
0: mm. yeah, he can go. Just, I've never heard him cut a promo.
1: Which is a shame.
0: He legitimately may not speak English, I don't know.
1: Yeah, he might not.
0: I'm like, the, like that's, that's not uncommon. Really? Yeah. I mean, oh. yeah, just them signing guys. And it's just like, they lived in Mexico their whole life. They never bought, you know, never learned English. Cause they mean, didn't have fair. to. Picture me suddenly wrestling in Mexico. I'm like, oh, I don't really speak Spanish. I guess I can't cut a promo.
1: But then how do you call a match?
0: They usually try to put you with people who are can bilingual. Spanish. Yeah. Can like,
1: Billy Kidman speak Spanish? I don't know. <gasps> oh, he's going to get so many hunk points if he can speak Spanish.
0: Like, WWE did that with Sin Cara when he first came in. Mm. And uh, they put him with Chavo Guerrero.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Which
0: we haven't seen Chavo in fucking... He's still mourning Pepe.
1: (laughs) Oh, Pepe. We also have not seen um, Norman Smiley in a minute.
0: Yeah. Or Ernest Miller.
1: Or Ernest Miller. That's okay. I'm not mad. I'm just curious.
0: Psychosis follows that up with a top rope suicide dive. Back in the ring, he hits a top rope missile dropkick. Kidman goes for a crossbody with Psychosis on the ropes, but Psychosis moves, so Kidman crashes to the outside. Psychosis goes up top and tries to dive onto Kidman on the floor, but Kidman counters with a dropkick that looked pretty... They sold it well, at least. I don't know if that was uh, selling or agony.
1: I think it was uh, shoot selling called agony.
0: (laughs) Kidman tosses Psychosis to the inside hits a top-rope crossbody. Psychosis hits a top-rope Frankensteiner. Kidman counters a back suplex and hits Stratisfaction.
1: (laughs) Stop calling these things that they aren't. That's what it is! Stratisfaction doesn't exist yet. (laughs)
0: It could've, but they didn't oh my hire her. God. Fine, He's a running middle rope springboard bulldog. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that really fucking flows. Kidman crashes into the turnbuckle and psychosis suddenly goes, Hmm. I think I'm gonna try a power bomb.
1: <laughs>
0: Would you guess it? It gets countered into a face bust. No. Kidman hits the shooting star press in a way that doesn't make me want to die and gets the win. Oh my
1: god, it was actually a really nice shooting star press. It was was, really
0: good. Yeah, crowd was super hot for the finish, and this was a good match. This was. Although, you kind of noted it, I feel like it made Psychosis look better than Billy Kidman.
1: Well, we've talked about this. I love Billy Kidman so much, but he's the guy that makes the other person look good. He is not a fantastic wrestler on his own. He's not going to be a show-stopping wrestler, but he is a great person to work against, or work with, I suppose. Like, he will make you look good. I do think that um, the Rey Mysterio-Hooven 2 match was better than this one.
0: Oh, it, well, I, comparatively. I, 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 thought I enjoyed this one more.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, I disagree.
0: So we go from that to a teaser for WCW Slam Society.
1: Yeah, what?
0: I looked into this.
1: Good. Okay, I was hoping you would.
0: So, the Slam Society is basically like a fan club. Okay. Because they, they also didn't make it seem cool. I'll put it that way. It was like, Nose knows favorite band is actually um, Hanson. And I'm like, okay. Bop. So if you signed up for this, you get 12 monthly newsletters, an exclusive t-shirt, Ooh. a membership card,
1: Ooh.
0: chances to meet WCW superstars.
1: What kind of chances? I don't know. <laughs> you might run a, run across them on the street. You never know.
0: Conte- contests and sweepstakes. Love it. WCW magazine discount.
1: Okay.
0: A merchandise discount. Okay. Access to members-only website. Mm. Email newsletters.
1: They talked about that already, the 12 monthly issues. No no, just... no, no,
0: no. See, that one That one gets mailed to you. This one gets emailed to you. Oh. You get an 8x10 sign glossy, as they put it. <gasps>
1: oh, a glossy. Of
0: a WCW wrestler.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know if it's of your choice or just random. <laughs>
1: it's just random.
0: And then it was also noted testosterone sold separately. And I'm like, maybe don't put that in your ad. Ew. Like maybe when a lot of you guys are on steroids, don't put that in your ad. Ew. So, I couldn't find if this was monthly or yearly or what. I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's yearly.
1: Okay.
0: Which I don't know how long it lasted. So,
1: <laughs> but
0: uh, it was a special introductory rate of twenty four ninety five plus five dollars shipping.
1: That's really not bad.
0: If it's yearly, it's not bad. it's says twelve monthly newsletters. I'm assuming that's if yearly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, or you get twelve newsletters every month. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can you um, imagine? Yeah, because like, the, the the t-shirt basically pays for everything. Yeah. so
1: I would do it for the t-shirt.
0: I did laugh at the like, you get a membership card. It's like, ooh.
1: No, chances to La- meet wrestlers. La- ladies,
0: the membership card stays in the wallet.
1: <laughs> no, a chance could be freaking anything. Like, hey, if we're filming Nitro in your town, you might see them go get coffee. You might see them walk to their car. Who knows? Like, yeah,
0: it, it was very what? vague. <laughs> Also, just contests and sweepstakes. Like, okay, Cool.
1: What kind? Contests for a chance to meet a WCW wrestler.
0: So we go from that to the Nitro Girls. I didn't take any notes on this again.
1: Yeah, the Nitro Girls just were not on it this week.
0: We then get Nitro stills of Goldberg versus Kevin Nash from the pay-per-view. And then we get a Mean Gene interview with Goldberg.
1: I had a lot of issue with this segment. Oh. Yeah.
0: Okay. Was one of them Goldberg almost slipping?
1: no i i think i think mean gene ruined the segment
0: okay point out where as i'm going through right. it goldberg says he's destroyed everyone in his path but he has made some mistakes but he got screwed recently still referring to the streak kind of all that
1: so this was funny to me because he said he got beep and then mean gene goes oh you can say that again I'm like no we can't he got beeped
0: <laughs> he says he he does feel a bit vindicated after beating nash kind of like the yeah i would have beat at starcade if you hadn't fucked with you know if Scott Hall hadn't come down
1: I mean everything would have been better if Scott Hall didn't appear
0: Goldberg moves on to Bret Hart but Gene notes that the Hart retired
1: Goldberg is hunting him yes
0: Goldberg says that Hart is is out of his mind and better be out of the country because (laughs) now he's the hunter and he's gonna find Bret what the fuck Gene then asks about Lex Luger and Goldberg kind of offers a threat not much more Gene then asks about the WCW title Goldberg congratulates DDP but says he's not immune from Goldberg In terms of the title, he doesn't care if the president has it or King Kong has it. He's going to get it. He also says he doesn't need the belt for people to know he's the champ. Mean Gene notes that he doesn't think it's a question of who's next, but rather who's left. Goldberg says he's he's wrong. It ain't who's left. It's who's next. The
1: delivery of both of those lines are why Gene ruined this promo for me.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: It it was redundant and it was stupid and it made Goldberg look bad.
0: Yeah, because Goldberg's whole catchphrase is who's next, so I'm just like... Yeah, it, it, it was definitely strange. And
1: between every line that Goldberg said in this promo, Gene had something to say. Like, it felt like Gene was stepping on Goldberg's toes a lot of oh, times in okay. this promo. Like, couldn't let Goldberg just kind of have the mic and have the promo. It was just like, dude, you are not the star
0: of this. You are the interviewer interview. That's kind of why I do want more people to just be able to come out and cut promos.
1: Mean Gene is giving me the vibe that he just likes the sound of his own voice. And he wants to hear himself talk. And it's really starting to drive me crazy. Like, I don't like Mean Gene anymore.
0: Oh.
1: Okay. I've really soured on him.
0: Right, well, we'll have to track that going forward. Our next match is Rick Steiner versus Booker T for the television title.
1: Which I thought could be good. Yeah. could have been a good match.
0: Did you think Rick's jacket looked extra big?
1: It did look kind of big. Okay. I'm glad yeah. we both
0: noted that then. Uh, I also it was a little weird doing face versus face. Booker gets a fair bit of pyro on the way out, I noticed. Yeah. Match starts with a shoving match. Rick gets the advantage with some amateur-style wrestling, including dropping Booker, like, mostly on his head. Did seem to rock him a little bit. He had to go to the outside and kind of recover.
1: Yeah. It was like this... a German
0: suplex-looking move, but kind of loose. And was like, Ooh.
1: I also noted that this match started off kind of slow.
0: Booker gets the advantage with a spin kick and goes for the scissor kick, but Rick didn't quite duck enough, so Booker has to improvise into a Harlem sidekick. yeah. Like, it was Which clearly cool. going for the scissor kick, and it was just like, you didn't still bend looked, enough.
1: looked good, though.
0: The two counter each other's hip tosses, and Booker kicks Rick to the floor. Rick catches a spin kick and turns it into a side suplex. I thought it was a neat little spot. Booker goes to leapfrog Rick, but Rick catches him with a power slam. Weird, sloppy spot of Rick picking up Booker, and they all kind of just tumble onto the ref. Mm-hmm. Rick goes up top to set up for his signer bulldog, but Stevie Ray suddenly runs down and hits Rick from behind with the slapjack. Booker doesn't see this, hits his Harlem sidekick, and gets the win. This was a fine match. The Stevie Ray story continues to kind of intrigue me.
1: I don't. They didn't. They didn't do enough with it. It didn't. It didn't add enough to the storyline to interest me per se. It was interesting, like he was there, but nothing really new was put in.
0: He did this on on the Thunder beforehand as well. So they're okay, doing so. something with that. Also, you know what wasn't on this show at all? Hmm. Minus him doing a run in the fucking, NWO? The B team. The B
1: team, you're right. I didn't think about that. There was a line from commentary that I had to like fact check with you about, because I thought that it, they were dragging the uh, WWE kennel from hell match. So commentary said something along the lines of like, you know what would make this match better? A bunch of rabid dogs right in front of us.
0: Was that this? Yeah. match? Okay. I thought, yeah. they, I thought they were talking about like when like Steiner... Or when, when Scott Steiner was coming out.
1: No, it was it was okay. during this match.
0: I think that was more they wanted protection because they're so close to the action. The way
1: he said it, it sounded sarcastic. Gotcha. So I had that's when I texted you. I was like, when was the kennel from hell? And when you said 99, I was like, oh my God, I'm on to something. <laughs> and then you're like, nah, in the fall. Like,
0: well, speaking of Scott Steiner, he then comes out to cut a promo. Steiner says that finding a pretty woman in Yakima is like finding a needle in a haystack. Although it still implies he's going to bang somebody.
1: Oh, yeah. He's going to find something. He's gonna find something to put his dick in.
0: <laughs> Would you guess that he's still the best at sex what? in so many words?
1: They have had no improvements in sex.
0: Tells DDP that he wasn't impressed with DDP winning the title. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. Says DDP isn't big, strong, or smart enough to beat him, and calls him white trash.
1: Diamond Dale is trash.
0: Says that he's gonna take DDP's wife and title, and then do whatever he wants.
1: Why is he bringing Kimberly into this again? Like, leave her alone, man.
0: I did note that. This promo is an example of something that just could have been a backstage interview. Like, you don't have to come out and and do it. Just, like, have backstage interviews. The only one I can think of is the Who Are You to Doubt El Dandy promo. I can't think of any other backstage interviews besides that one. I
1: don't understand why they don't do more. Because, like, well, that would save time. And they pad their shows with these stupid promos.
0: So that's that promo. We will see Scott Steiner later tonight. Up next, we have what was sure to be a competitive matchup. <laughs> we get Kenny Chaos coming out to face Goldberg.
1: It's like, after that who's next thing, really? Kenny Chaos is next? That's who we're going after, Goldberg? This is going to be a quick match.
0: I don't like the kids' chances.
1: No. Although, Goldberg looks good.
0: Yeah? Yeah. He, okay. hunky. He still has the, the like, I didn't notice that as much. Ahead. I think it's finally yeah. starting to heal. Early on, go- <laughs> I say early on, like there's going to be a later on. <laughs> Goldberg goes for his rolling leg lock, but chaos gets the ropes. I don't like that move it, d- it never looks good
1: yeah it, it, it didn't looks really it, look it, like it looks anything. like it would
0: just kind of shoot like, looks like it would shoot hurt but not in like a theatrical it way It
1: looked messy it did, it's not a clean move.
0: we get a press power slam from Goldberg, followed by a pump handle suplex of sorts yeah
1: what it was an
0: interesting one spear jackhammer pin the end. It was a squash match.
1: It was very simple. Very clean. Very, Goldberg was, is good. I will say know? that it was a relatively good show from Chaos. Like, to me, that went longer than it should have. I don't Kenny know, Chaos but... actually got a move in. Did, okay, Did he? I think so.
0: <laughs> you you, you could have fooled me. Or at least, like, a punch or
1: something. He got a hit. It just feels dumb that after that whole segment with Mean Gene, you go with Kenny Chaos as who's next. Like, come on. Anybody else? There's nobody else.
0: Yeah. Or like honestly, just have Mean Gene interview Goldberg after the match.
1: Yeah, it changes nothing.
0: It, it's not a you know he, he's not doing a Savage Steamboat sixty minute time limit draw. He's doing like a three minute squash match. He can talk afterwards. Yeah. We now go to what we joked would be a two sided matchup to an actual two sided matchup. It'll be Ric Flair with Arn Anderson versus Sting.
1: So I know that they announced the um, Steiner DDP match as the main event. I kind of thought this would main event it
0: yeah I, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me no what did you think of stings gear
1: has he always had scorpions? Yes, I never noticed the scorpion before
0: A- everything about his finishers is about scorpions
1: no, I mean that makes sense I just never noticed the scorpions on his gear.
0: see I never really took note of his th- massive thigh pads no they like just like look like wrinkles
1: i mean I'm more willing to let that one yeah. go yeah i mean just big ass scorpions on. Him.
0: Charles Robinson checks Sting for any illegal objects, but doesn't check Flair.
1: Oh, yeah, that sounds about right.
0: And I went to go peek at this. They have not done this match in over three years. Really? Yeah. Damn. Because Sting didn't wrestle for like 18 months. Well, yeah. And Flair was gone for a while. And I was like, oh, they really held off on this. I think the final match these guys have takes place in like 2010, Oh, really? 2011, in TNA, baby. Wow.
1: I thought you were going to say like 2003.
0: <laughs> no, the, both these guys will wrestle and it'll be the main event of the final Nitro.
1: Oh, okay. Spoilers.
0: There's not a story involved. It's literally like, it's the last Nitro. Let's do it. Yeah. Ric Flair wrestles in a t-shirt. It, feels, it just kind of oh, really? feels a little Ew. sad. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. And he has like 90s like spiked hair.
1: What are we going to do? For that last episode,
0: we have like two hundred and twenty-five episodes. Before, I'm just thinking then. about
1: it; like it's just gonna be so depressing. Yeah, cut back to this on that episode.
0: It to be fair, that won't be our last episode. Right now is gonna be Survivor Series 2001.
1: Oh yeah, going into the invasion, right?
0: Yeah, very limited going into the invasion. No, we'll do
1: the invasion because as
0: lo- you know, as long as that feels from now, it's not long enough.
1: No. Oh, God, the
0: invasion. So the match starts. Sting hits a big press slam and yells at Rick, for old time's sake, and hits a second one.
1: This, like, started out very intense, very high energy. I really liked it. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, these guys have a rivalry going way yeah. back, which half this rivalry is Sting trusting Ric Flair and the horsemen and then them turning on him. Yeah. At one point, Sting actually joins the horsemen just to have them oh, really? kick him out and, and beat him up.
1: That doesn't make any sense, but okay. <laughs>
0: Flair goes to leave, but Sting comes and gets him.
1: Just picks him up and throws him back in the ring.
0: Flair begs off, but I poke Sting when he gets close. (laughs) Flair hits chops in the corner, but Sting no-sells and hits two hip tosses and then a drop kick. Sting goes for a sunset flip and we get Aloha Flair. We haven't had one of these in a while. (laughs) No,
1: we have not.
0: Flair looks like he's going to wind up for a punch, but then he gets rolled down for the pin. I mean, he kicks out, but... Well,
1: yeah, (laughs) I was like, I have a lot more notes before the pin. What are you talking about?
0: Flair regroups on the outside for a little while as Arn scolds Tony for the crowd chanting. He's like, make him stop. He's like, I'll try.
1: Distressed Arn is distressed.
0: Sting hits a big right hand and we get a flare flop followed by a flare turnbuckle spot, line to the floor, and then another flare flop. Arn looks on in disbelief and calls for a timeout.
1: So I don't don't know if we passed it or not, but did we already pass the Sting kip-ups?
0: Oh yeah, the uh, the kind of chain wrestling. I love that. Yeah, it's a nice little spot. I like,
1: love that. That was so impressive to I, me. Th-
0: that's I, 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 that's a spot I think a lot of people associate with like Owen Hart. Really? Yeah.
1: It was just really impressive. Like that takes a lot of core strength.
0: Flair pulls Sting to the outside and hits an eye poke, and then a chop lock, and then hits another chop lock back inside. Flair hits a knee drop, does a little strut, and then goes <laughs> for it again. But Sting catches the leg and puts him in the figure four. Yeah. Reference. I always love
1: that when they use each other's moves against each other.
0: Charles Robinson asks Rick if Rick gives up. Rick seems to be shaking his head yes, but then Charles goes over to Sting. He's like, "No, he doesn't give up."
1: And then he like he reaches for the ropes at this point too. He is like as close as we are to our microphones right now. He is to the rope, yeah. and he's like holding his arm out like, "Ah, I can't reach it." I'm like you're going past the rope. Yeah, what that's, are you doing? That's generally
0: a thing. What are I'm, you like, doing? I did not- I did notice that too. Blair gets the ropes, and there's a fast count to break the hold. Mm. Flair chops Sting again, but it still has no effect.
1: This man does not go down.
0: Arn gets up on the apron, but Sting just fucking, like, backhands him. Like, get the fuck off. (laughs) Sting goes for a stinger splash, but Arn pulls Flair out of the way, and Sting crashes to the floor. Arn stomps him a bit and tosses Sting back in. Flair hits a full-on low blow as Arn winds up the crowd. (laughs) Sting manages to counter an apron suplex and goes for a splash, but Flair gets his knees up. Flare goes up top for what I assume was going to be a 450 splash, but Sting tosses him off the top rope. Yeah. You're, okay, you're, you're just letting I, me I get I don't know
1: him. what's happening.
0: Flare was not going to hit a 450 splash. Flare doesn't do a diving move.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know the name of a lot of the moves, okay?
0: Flare hits a back kick low blow and then an impressive vertical suplex, but Sting gets right back up as Flare flexes the guns. Flare tries for more chops, but much like using a normal type move on a ghost type Pokemon, it has oh no effect. Oh my god. Sting hits another press slam to Flair, and then a stinger splash in the corner. Sting immediately sets up for and hits a superplex, and Arn gets up on the apron, which causes Sting to stop setting up for a scorpion deathlock. Mm-hmm. Flair dodges a Sting cross body and locks in the figure four. On the outside, Arn assists with the leverage. You can see him kind of pulling Flair's arms. Yeah. As Charles Robinson counts for the pin, because Sting's shoulders are down. That's a rare spot to see anyone actually pin with that, but it does occasionally happen.
1: Oh, Okay, and this is the point where we get some uh, other outside interference, right?
0: Yes, because Randy Savage went yeah. down and knocks the bejesus the out of the are <laughs> He only does, like, one thing, but it's just, like... He's he out. Reminds me of uh, Marcus Corvon's pounce move where he would just run and, like, knock somebody all the way across the ring. Who? Marcus Corvon from, like, you know, 2007 ECW.
1: Yep, I totally <laughs> know who that is. What the fuck, Nick? It drives me crazy when you do this because you know that I don't know what you're talking about. And it's just, like, what... <laughs>
0: So without the Arn help, Sting turns over the figure four, but reversing the pressure, but Flare gets the ropes. Flare tries for more chops, but like using a poison type move on a steel type oh Pokemon, it still has stop no effect. It.
1: stop this. I should
0: have peppered them in for the first two as well. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I could have used a, a ground type move on a flying type, and then an electric type move on a, on a ground type. Damn it. You're a fucking nerd. I'll have to edit those back in. Shut the fuck up. You're, you're going to hear a really different audio for a little bit of this. hate
1: you so much. Get me out of this
0: podcast. Flair goes for a suplex, but Sting counters it into a scorpion death drop. Robinson doesn't count the pin at first, but finally does as Sting gets the win. A suddenly topless Arn Anderson comes in the ring (laughs) and gets put in the scorpion death lock.
1: No shirt on him, breaking Breaking his his mother's mother's heart.
0: heart. Sting celebrates as we go to commercial. I thought this This was was a fantastic match. That's unsurprising considering it's Flair and Sting. And Flair is kind of the one who, like, made Sting a star, you can yeah. argue. But, yeah, this was a great match. Oh, yes, and There's no question. It almost makes me sad that Sting was in the main event the night before. Because this is what you should have done when Sting first came back. True. You had him, like, weirdly lose. I mean, he didn't get pinned, but he didn't win the title at the pay-per-view main event. It's like, why? I don't know. Or you could have done this, I suppose, the weird fatal four-way on the Nitro before this. To kind of set up that Sting beats world champion rick flair and it's like oh yeah. shit he, he's gonna win the title
1: true okay yeah that would have been better booking either way this is a good match and this is a really good sting match because i don't know very many sting matches yeah. so this was a very cool one for me
0: we're on to the main event it's Ooh. michael buffer time for scott Steiner versus ddp for the wcw title but first roddy piper he's going to be on commentary
1: for some reason i thought that roddy piper was going to be in a match so i got really confused when he came out for commentary
0: Yeah, I thought he was going to have, like, a promo or something, and he just didn't. Piper shakes hands with Bobby and Tony, and Bobby's like, don't hurt me. (laughs) And he makes a few uh, remarks about the Nitro Girls.
1: Yeah, he had a lot to say.
0: It didn't really quote him, but it it was like, yeah, maybe, you know. They they probably wouldn't fly as much today.
1: Oh, no, it was very much, like, women as objects.
0: (laughs) He seemed a bit off coming out, but is I it? guess he always is. I swear he had to ask where the fuck the commentary booth was. Really? He well, had I didn't to like that. Yeah, like some guy like pointed like over there. But maybe it was like which which, which way should I which yeah. way should I walk? I don't know, but yeah, he always seems a little bit off. Scott Snyder comes out and something about Michael Buffer having to say big papa pump is just hilarious <laughs> to me ddp's music hits and kimberly is back
1: yeah kimberly came out with him i was kind of shocked
0: um commentary wasn't shocked because they didn't seem to fucking notice it when she came out
1: what no one's gonna notice that the woman that got beat down by scott steiner weeks ago and also we recapped about at the beginning of the show is now out and alive and well and doing great like what
0: so ddp puts kimberly in the front row and i swear some guy tries to slap her ass immediately
1: i didn't see that guy
0: kind of is like a read shit and security's like get the fuck back oh
1: my god 1999.
0: On commentary, Piper claims that DDP is no people's champion. What? It's like, oh. What? This, yeah, but P- Piper is really solidifying that, yep, you, DDP is supposed to be a heel here. What? And did you notice that the ref is in jeans? No. It they threw me off a little bit. It's, it's in like just navy blue jeans. It's it's not, it's a little bit darker than regular jeans, but it's, it's jeans.
1: Maybe he like spilled something on his pants. Or
0: maybe he thought he wasn't working. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know.
1: You can't borrow somebody's pants backstage.
0: They start off with a lot of quick, hard hitting strikes.
1: Yes, definitely hard hitting. I was
0: glad they didn't just do like the standard, all right, lock up. Like these two fucking hate each other. Mm -hmm. DDP vaults the outside as the intensity keeps up. We go to commercial as the two brawl up the ramp, and when we come back, Piper is like mid sentence and Steiner hits a belly to belly suplex. Mm -hmm. DDP hits one of his own and then goes for the diamond cutter, but Steiner counters. DDP goes up top for a 10 punch spot, but Steiner hits a low blow right in front of the ref.
1: Again, DQ? No.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's not even like it, it's a screw. Like when Flair does it, it's a screwy ref. It's like this is okay. not a screwy ref. No, this is well,
1: Randy Anderson, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, rocking the jeans. Yeah. Oh, you know I can't call for a DQ in jeans.
1: <laughs> it's casual day.
0: That's what it was. Steiner stole his pants, so we couldn't get DQ'd. Oh my god. How deep does this go?
1: The conspiracies.
0: Piper is just burying DDP on commentary. I felt like DDP like took a second after doing a move, and it's like. Come on, he threw your wife out of a car. What oh, are you doing? Yeah. Get on him. It's like.
1: I took it as like rough encouragement. I really. I, you and I were very different in our opinions of Roddy Piper on commentary. I thought I he was terrible. Him. I thought he was really fun. He also he just brought just a randomly, fun energy to commentary. This yeah. just
0: randomly buries Ric Flair's money habits.
1: Yeah. He just like shits on everybody and I love that.
0: We get, a bi- we get a bicep kiss elbow drop from Steiner. Steiner then sets DDP up in a tree of woe and chokes him on the floor. DDP goes up top and gets crotched. Steiner gets in the ropes and hits a top rope Frankensteiner. He's breaking that out a little bit more and more. He is. DDP kicks out and Steiner grabs the ref while still on the ground and yells at him, which I thought was a <laughs> neat little... Which I thought was a cute little moment.
1: Cute.
0: DDP hits a spinning clothesline and starts his comeback. He hits 10 head smashes in the corner and then a back suplex. He pancakes Steiner onto the ropes and while he's waiting for Steiner to get up to do another move, Piper's like, why are you waiting? It's like, because I... I I want to do a move that someone needs to be vertical for.
1: Yeah, that one was weird.
0: DDP goes for the diamond cutter, but gets pushed into the ref. Steiner retrieves wire cutters, which are apparently like taped to his title belt. So he takes the wire cutters and removes the turnbuckle pad. He smashes DDP's head into it and then smashes his back twice into the exposed turnbuckle. Steiner also contemplates his next move and takes a second. And Piper asks, what are you waiting for? Have you seen your fucking matches, Roddy Piper? You're no ricochet. <laughs> They're
1: not quick.
0: DDP hits a big jumping DDT. He goes for a backslide, but it ends with Steiner hitting a low blow. Steiner then hits a weird, like, butterfly bomb. It's not quite a tiger bomb, and it's not quite a butterfly suplex, so kind of a mix. He goes for the Steiner recliner, but DDP uses his head to low blow Steiner as the ref is yes. still somehow down.
1: They are flowers. They are delicate glass flowers.
0: Steiner ends up on the ropes and Kimberly hops the barricade and hits Steiner with a chair.
1: Oh my god, yeah. I feel like I should give Kimberly MVP for just for that move cuz like damn.
0: DDP hits the diamond cutter and gets the win. Yeah. DDP avenges his wife. What a heel.
1: Yeah, what the fuck? No.
0: Literally, it's like <laughs> Piper's like, "Oh, he's no people's champion. He's avenging his wife who was thrown the from thing a moving is, vehicle."
1: Piper was shitting on everybody. So I didn't really care. He was just shit talking for the sake of it. Did you notice Bobby Heenan walking away at one point and then coming back and sitting behind the two of them? Like at the beginning, he walked off.
0: Yes. I'm wondering if that's... He was actually a little annoyed because they were kind of brawling around commentary. Bobby Heenan had neck surgery. Oh. He he was a former wrestler. Like there's a point where um, I think it's like 95 where like Brian Pillman like comes up and like kind of grabs bobby by the neck you know just like trying to take his head to the like, grass by the neck and bobby gets really fucking pissed and he literally comes like what the fuck are you doing oh okay. so i'm wondering if he wasn't ready for someone to be thrown into him and he was like that fucking sucked
1: okay. or like or like
0: i could have like really fucked myself yeah, up yeah that would make sense so i'm wondering if it's that thoughts on the match
1: i liked it the flare match was better but yeah. this was fine
0: he didn't wrestle like a heel minus i guess you know doing the low blow yeah. while the rough was down but you know it, it seemed more like it seemed more like turnabout was fair play
1: I think it was... I really do just think that it was Roddy Piper just shitting on everybody. No,
0: no, no, no. I mean, Sting is treating him like a heel. They've kind of been teasing it. Kevin Nash is like, you shouldn't have done that to Hulk Hogan. Because that was... Because Piper mentions that too. It's like, he did a bad thing. You don't do... It's like, I hate Hulk Hogan, but I never did anything like that to Hulk Hogan. Does
1: he turn soon?
0: Like... I get. I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing... They, they need to do something to... Because apparently he was like booed when he came out for his entrance... For the promo that we didn't see. Oh. So I don't know, but that was the April 12th Nitro. I thought this was a great show with only. It was a pretty good show. Yeah, there was a few things. The Nash segment kind of was annoying, but there were i don't think there was a bad match in this show. I was, and I was, and a couple of them I was greatly surprised by.
1: I mean the the not a match match with Laparca, El Dandy and the, the Master Blasters.
0: Yeah, that's not a match though. That was an excuse to just have him come down and beat people up
1: Fair. yeah no there were definitely no like real easy skip matches but yeah, it was good it was a good show I was it was good
0: so let's move on to best bit and mvp emily what do you got for your best bit
1: so i was kind of between two but i think i'm going to give it to the um yeah i'm gonna give it to the flare sting match who am i kidding
0: yeah i'm gonna go with that as well for a while, I was going to give it to Hugh Morris and Bam Bam Bigelow.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that. And we were both, like, into that kendo stick match, kendo stick table match. And, yeah, you were you were talking like you were going to give that the best bit. So, I was like, oh. Well, maybe I, I had to go back to my w- notes. But, like, did I miss it? I was
0: gutto. And then a flare and sting happened. And I went, well, okay. This yeah. is.
1: I'm still shocked. That, sh- that still, to me, should have been the main event. All
0: right. MVP. You go first. I, I struggled on this. Because... There's a lot of good performances, but I don't know how many super standout ones that they are. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Ric Flair. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think in terms of match-wise, it, it's very much a... Very much you can going kind to of give him and Sting equal credit, but I didn't... I wasn't super into Sting's promos, and Flair did a fine promo, so I think I got to give it Flair.
1: Well, this is interesting, then, because I gave mine to Sting. <laughs> oh. I was really impressed with his just like in-ring work so right. yeah
0: yeah I, I think it was just it, the match was kind of 50 50 in terms of you know flare I mean flair bumps around like a fucking boss for him so
1: I mean honorable mention to Kimberly that chair move at the very end was really great like I did love that moment for her and it being her to hit Scott Steiner was really a good ending to that story
0: all right and with that let's uh let's plug our stuff and get out of here
1: there you go. This is a quick little wrap up. Love you, it.
0: Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Butts in the Pod, and we have our Facebook up now. Is that it? We got anything else doing that? I
1: think that's it. Yeah, the Facebook is just Butts in the Seeds Podcast.
0: You can also follow us to listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now Google Podcasts.
1: Google Podcasts.
0: So if you prefer one of those methods to the one you're currently listening on,
1: I didn't know there was a Google
0: Podcast. So next up, we got the April 19th, 1999 Nitro from the thumbnail on Peacock. Looks like we're going to get DDP versus Goldberg.
1: Sounds, yeah. Yeah.
0: So we got a few more weeks of the pay-per-view and then we got Slam Slamboree, an ECW pay-per-view and then more television. It never ends.
1: <laughs> never ends.
0: Any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: I don't think so. What
0: you never a... do. I I, I know, always know, ask, You always ask and me we've, done, and, we've already, and we've done this banner before too. Yeah.
1: It was a good episode. I'm happy we watched it. Yeah. I, I think it, it does benefit when we don't watch things together because I think we have more to talk no, about. No, it's okay. You hate me. It, it, it's I fine. do hate you.
0: Well, that's it. Well, I guess there's not going to be a next episode. Sorry, everybody. This
1: is the last episode of the Butts and Seeds podcast. Good night.
0: Bye. <laughs>